0: I know life gets tough sometimes. But I ain't gonna let it stop me. Let it out. Don't hold it in, this better out. Darkness looking like bad weather clouds. It can stop me cause I'm heaven bound. I ain't feel bad.
1: What's going on, Kingdom listeners? That is ASAP Preach on the track with Heaven Bound, and this is the Crown Legacy Podcast, a beacon for men who are hungry for purpose and legacy in Christ. I'm your host, Stacy Gonzalez, your go-to Christian counselor and men's coach. For more info on me and my testimony, you can visit stacymgonzalez.com, or you can follow me on Instagram at Gonzalez underscore or friend me on Facebook at forward slash smgonzalez 88 I encourage all of you to message me on either of those apps. I will respond to you. That is my personal commitment. As always, I'm incredibly humbled and gracious to be here on this God-gifted platform. So with that said, let's get to it. On today's show, we have my brother in Christ, Ray Ritchie from Trad Living 2 on Instagram. And we're going to be discussing what his take is on the role of masculinity in the christian home and how that is so crucial to modern day men and modern day families so with that further ado let's dive in Awesome. Ray Ritchie from Instagram with Trad Living USA 2. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man, the Crown Legacy Podcast. Super excited to have another conversation with you, brother. So I always love to have my uh, my guests start off with their, with their testimony, man. I think it's super important for us to be transparent and vulnerable in how we started walking with God, walking with Christ. And so, with that, man, I'll give the mic to you, man. You can go as uh, short or as long as we want with it. Okay. Well, I'll keep I'll keep it fairly short because we're uh, be <laughs> all night. But but long story
0: short, uh, I was born to some teenage parents. Uh, they believed in God, but we weren't a Christian family. And then around five years old, my mother took us to church, me and my little brother. Mm-hmm. And then about six months later, my father joined, and he started mm-hmm. coming. And then uh, I watched my parents get baptized. Nice. Uh, I watched I watched my father walk down to the altar and that uh, was I was about five or six at that mm-hmm. point and you don't really comprehend what's going on but you understand that something changed in your family at that right. age mm-hmm. and so uh so from that point I grew up in church and we became closer to the Lord a- as a family but on a personal level I was uh I was a teenager mm-hmm. and uh you know, I was a little punk kid, and I tried to do some bad things and some good things. But I grew up in church, and then that's how a lot of guys in the South are too. Is, is church is a, is still a big thing in the South. So you got the good old boys that drink on Friday nights, but we'll go to church on Sunday morning. Yeah. And, uh, I got into my teenage years, and you know, I said, you know, God, I want, I want to do right. I want to do the right thing. I want to be a, a good guy. Mm. And uh, but that's not how it always works. It doesn't matter our righteousness, our good deeds. And so one night I was in prayer and it, it just hit me And like the words were so clear in my mind is it, it, uh, so God. It, it wasn't an audible voice, but it oh, yeah. was just these words in my mind so clear. It's, mm-hmm. God was saying, you forgot about me. You forgot about me. Wow. And I cried, dude. And I was like, you're right. I completely forgot about the God of all creation. And so yeah. I believe that was when I, I got saved because that's when the gospel made sense. It's when everything mm-hmm. clicked. It's when I felt the presence of the Lord probably for the first time I'd seen his work. I'd seen what he had done, but yeah. I never had it until I was about 16 or
1: 17. Yeah, And uh, I've been trying to walk with the Lord ever since. That's awesome, man. And it's so cool how I hear about other people experiencing the, the, the voice of God or the presence of God, because it's almost indescribable, you know, it is,
0: it's very yeah. difficult to explain mm-hmm. a spiritual experience to someone who's never had it. It, it sounds almost yeah, uh, mystical or made mm. up and it, it's very hard to comprehend but until you have experienced that spiritual experience
1: yeah yeah i always say people it's like a sixth sense because you don't really hear it you don't really feel it you don't really see it, it it's kind of all of them and more in one there's really nothing else like it and that's how you know it's the real thing <laughs> absolutely I mean, yeah you, you can't fabricate
0: Excuse me. You can't fabricate yeah. the spirit. You know, it's not just emotion. Oftentimes emotion comes with it, but yeah. it's not just emotion. It's something completely different.
1: Yeah. It, it's almost like for me, I felt like I was being held. I, I was being held in extremely light, you know? Like, yeah. Like, extremely like, light.
0: Like, like everything around you. It's like, it's yeah. All around you.
1: Yeah. I get mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Almost out of body, but, but again, man, it, the, the english language just doesn't really have words for it you know it, it's hard i don't think any it. language has words <laughs> I don't. yeah yeah man. god if you're up there give us some words we can explain yeah. a little easier to everybody but man I, I found you on instagram and i immediately fell in love with your content because i am a huge yes, advocate man. for a healthy masculinity and, and how god created us to be men the, the purpose of men and it's something that that i see many of my male clients struggling with is like what is it like to be a man uh, i don't know what it's like to be a good husband i don't know what it's like to be uh, a good father what am i even here for all of that a lot of parallels between client to client and when i came across your stuff i was like man the, the world needs needs more of this for sure so like what was your what was your motivation to start that that instagram account and clearly there's There's uh, a lot of backlash on it, right? Because this is your second one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, So long story short,
0: um, I would say it was was several years after I'd received salvation that um, I started following these accounts. And a lot of them uh, were dealing with biblical womanhood and femininity. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of great content, a lot of stuff you really don't hear in the public and you really don't hear in a lot of churches either, was um, what God expects out of his women. And it was Mm -hmm. a lot of great and loving, wholesome content. But what we didn't see, I didn't see, was a lot of that content geared towards men. Because Mm -hmm. in the scriptures, there are a lot of commandments specifically for men. And I think today, of all periods of human history, there's a lot of confusion to what our gender roles are, how we were designed. Amen. yeah and so i i just wanted to help bridge that gap not to point to myself to say that i'm the perfect example but to point to the word to point to the creator of all things to show us what that is and uh so i just saw a need for it and uh actually uh i don't think i ever sent it to you but i, I before i started this i would written like a pamphlet It was 28 pages of just straight bible verses specifically for men yeah and uh so I just wanted to see some more content like that out there, and turns out there was there was other content like that. I just hadn't seen it. It just was so far from my my feed, I guess. Yeah. And uh, and early on, I got involved with a couple of other guys who had the same convictions as I did, and we we did some live videos and we tried putting some content out there, yeah. and uh, they're still out there serving. And uh, so yeah, I, it just boils down to we saw the need, and uh, we tried to help point them in the direction they should go
1: yeah yeah amen man and, and even the term masculinity really makes a lot of people cringe today you know there's such a bad stigma on that word you know people think about kind of like a tool you know with his chest puffed out trying to be you know the big guy in the block and that's just not true you mm-hmm. know there, there's there's a lot of backlash with that word man <laughs> heck even today you know we we're trying to go live and i i couldn't even find you you know yeah. and right and your, your first account got got hacked and there's all kinds of crazy shadow banning going on, you know, and I actually experienced it for the first time not that long ago. And I couldn't figure out what the heck was going on because mm-hmm. I was making a post and it was something about manhood or masculinity or something along that nature. Um, and, you know, I put a bunch of hashtags on there. And a lot of it was, you know, men's health, uh, that true masculinity, healthy math- masculinity masculinity, um, godly men, blah, blah, blah. You know, it was, you're, you're capped at 30 right and I made them all somewhere or another about men manhood and it wouldn't let me it wouldn't let me copy and paste all of those hashtags hmm. I had to go through and type each friggin one individually before it would actually save and even after I was doing that I would still get errors you know like oh unexpected error occurred you no know, could not save you know a bunch of yeah. weird stuff like that. And I'm like, there, there's no way this is just a coincidence. You know?
0: No, it's not. And I used to run into that a lot. And uh, yeah. because those terms are terms they don't want you talking about. and They don't want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they don't like our perspective. They don't want to hear it. And uh, so they're going to fight against it.
1: What it's do you think it is, hate man? Speech
0: is what it is? And
1: Yeah. What do you think um, it's considered hate speech?
0: Why is it considered hate speech? Because it what goes against the it goes against the stigma that the world has been pushing. I mean, to mm. if we talk about masculinity, biblical masculinity, obviously that's going to conflict with worldly masculinity. Mm. And then today with the LGBT and transgender and things like that, where anybody can be anything they want. Yeah. Uh, they consider that hate speech when we say, no, well, we're created male and female. And there are certain guidelines and certain ways that we can exemplify and excel in our gender roles. Uh, but in a world that doesn't believe in gender at all, they're not going to believe in gender roles.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's great that you mentioned that, man, because I actually had a a guest on the podcast not too long ago, who is a, a Christian man who openly struggles with homosexuality. And, and I had to have him on the show because I wanted, I wanted, right. I wanted the, the body to really understand what it's like for men to struggle with that, but also to prove as an example that, the, the struggle is real but you can still come out of it victorious you yeah. can still identify with jesus and have him help you go through that because he started experiencing it at a very young age like five or six years old oh, you know wow. yeah so i'm really glad that i was able to have that conversation with because it helped yeah. me learn to it really helped me to love my, my my other brothers who are also struggling with that and also to people who aren't believers because that that's that's really like two main groups that clash is the lgbtq community and the church and Mm -hmm. it's really up to us to to open up that conversation for them in a loving way you know and do it in a way where things like uh identity and masculinity aren't seen as a horrible thing you know
0: we often forget that these people are not our enemies Mm-hmm. they, they are our mission. they're our mission field they're our battlefield these are the people that we're trying to reach and sometimes mm-hmm. our tactics are fueled by pride instead of right. love and mm-hmm. uh, i'm guilty because sometimes you see all the craziness and it just gets you angry and you're like oh i want to lash out well it's not the people it's the sin we yeah. need to lash out at sin and yes we need to preach boldly we need mm-hmm. to preach the wages of sin yeah. but uh we have to remember they are people and yeah. uh, they are a battlefield, not just, they're not an enemy.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's so true, man. Yeah, we, we get caught up in the, the condemnation part, you know, and and the church is super guilty of that, you know, and and this is not, you know, bashing the church in general or, or any in individuals by any means, but man, I just, I see a, a lot of conversations with, with people who are against the church. Um, I, I see a, a lot of people within the church having conversations with other groups and i'm just sitting back and and looking i'm thinking like man that there's no way jesus would have done it like that or at least i think he wouldn't have done it like that (laughs) you know because it's not grounded in love it's not rooted in love and and you know you hit the nail on the head man that they're not our enemy it's the sin that we're after but we way too commonly associate the sin with that person you know, and we even do it too individually. You know, we think we are our sin. That's just not true. I mean, if you're walking with God, then you identify with him. And it's still possible to, to, to be a Christian and still sin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? Absolutely.
0: I mean, Christians will live a life of repentance. Mm-hmm. Uh, God knows that we will fail after salvation. We will stumble. Yeah. Uh, that's not necessarily okay. It's not, a get out of hell free card, but it right. uh he does offer forgiveness mm-hmm. and
1: uh we need to remember that yeah absolutely man so going back to to the manhood and masculinity thing man like like in in your view why do you think that's so important especially right now with it, the I believe it's so important no, go ahead go ahead sorry
0: about that I, no, I, I believe it's so important because number one even from a secular non-religious non-christian perspective i think a lot of our world problems could be solved if men simply good men. Um, Look at most uh, mental health problems. A lot of it stems from childhood. Look at a lot of behavioral problems in men. It, it, It stems from childhood. If fathers would step up to the plate and be the men that God has called them to be, I just don't think we would see a lot of the problems that we do. We wouldn't see as many broken homes. We wouldn't see as much drug addiction and alcohol abuse. Now, granted, I know adults make their own decisions. They get out and they can do any substance they want. They're free to do it. But I don't think as many people would turn to substance if they grew up in a sound, loving home to begin with. And that has to be implemented by men. Well, we often look at women as as loving and nurturing and the mother figure. And in many cases they are, but if we look at the Bible, it's the man's job to ensure it comes out of Ephesians chapter five. Mm That's the man's job to ensure that the family is loved. It's his job to provide love to the family. Now, granted, if it's a Christian family, of course they have love from God, which is the source of love, but it's the man's job to ensure that they feel loved, to feel secure, to feel safe. It's his job to lead and direct. And if men would simply do half of what they're commanded to do, I don't think we would see the many problems that we do look at a lot of cases um, with promiscuous young women. My first question to them would be, how's their relationship with their father? I bet you 99.9% of the times it's not good. Yeah. We wouldn't have that problem. Broken little boys turn into broken men who turn around and break other people yeah if men would simply be men i don't think we would see the problems that we do a lot of them. a lot of them
1: yeah yeah i I agreed man and and it's it's really sad that so few of us think that way you know and i know that there's a lot of us out there trying to preach the message that you and i are trying to get across is like man men need to be more than what they are right now you know and um, especially me seeing in my practice, a lot of this uncertainty of like, why am I here? What am I doing? Yeah, what does masculinity even look like? Even if I did know what it looks like, why am I so afraid of stepping into that? Like there's this fear behind it too. Like men are scared of stepping into their masculine. And to me, that's terrifying because yeah. that's what we're supposed to do. <laughs> like, if well, we're It really-
0: comes with a responsibility. And responsibility, yeah. it, it is a scary thing. It's the idea that you have a job to do. And if you don't do it, something bad's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, this the perfect example is the family unit. Now, granted, I don't have children right now. And Lord mm-hmm. willing, we will before too long. I'm a newlywed. Um, right on. But, but yeah, uh, the responsibility of being a father to ensure the well-being of a house, thats that's a responsibility. It's a commitment. And that mm-hmm. is scary because that's a lot of weight on your shoulders. First uh, Timothy five, eight says, if a man doesn't take care of his family, well, one, he's not a man. And he's, and it even says uh, he's worse than an unbeliever.
1: Right. So
0: it's essentially, God is saying, if if you claim to be a Christian man, but you don't take care of your family, well, you might as well not even be a Christian at all. That's yeah. how serious God takes masculinity, the manhood.
1: Yeah. So amen to that, man. Yeah. And it, it still gets me the the fear behind stepping into that and a lot of men are looking for purpose like what, what is my purpose what, what what am i created for what, what am i supposed to be doing and it's just that simple shift like just look to the bible and it's there for you the, yeah, the biblical masculinity there. is there it's not it's really there. that complicated and I know it's easier said than done, but I think that the world has such a stranglehold on the way that we think and the way that we feel about ourselves and the way that we identify ourselves. We, we make it harder for ourselves, you know, because it is terrifying. It is responsible, it is. Uh, responsibility. And the more responsibility you have, probably the more terrifying life will be, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. But I also think it'll be more fulfilling.
1: Exactly. And once yeah. you finally
0: start mm-hmm. to walk in in God's design, mm-hmm. there's going to be so many things that open up that you never thought about before. There's going to be moments that you enjoy on a spiritual level that you didn't have before. You didn't know you could enjoy it on that level. Yeah. Um, There's another passage I want to share with you. It kind of goes along with this. It's not, but the importance of, of masculinity and I can't remember exactly where it is. I believe it was, I believe it was King David was Mm -hmm. on his deathbed. Is either Mm -hmm. King David or or, or King David's father. I don't remember Mm -hmm. which one. For simplicity, we'll say it's King David. Yeah. He was on his deathbed, and he called. Yeah, it was him. And he calls for his son. Mm -hmm. This was the king of of Israel. I mean, he was the most powerful guy in the land. He could have called for anybody, and they would have come in the blink of an eye to serve him on his deathbed. He asked for his son. Yeah. Do Do you remember what he says to his son?
1: I don't know.
0: On his deathbed, his dying wish, his dying command was to his son. Mm. And he told him to be a man.
1: Wow. That's so funny. That
0: was King David's dying wish. It wasn't that his land would be prosperous, that his wife would be taken care of, which they probably were. Don't get me wrong. He could have commanded anything. It was his Mm. dying wish. He could have had anything he wanted. And it was for his son to
1: be a man. Man, I don't know how I missed that. Isn't it funny how, how you read the Bible? I've mean, read it from front to back, and there's still things in there that I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. Every that? time you read it, something <laughs> else stands
0: out. But that, that one just kept coming back to me. It kept coming back to me. And that sounds yeah. serious that King David, a man after God's own heart, a sinful man just as any, but still a great man of God. Yeah. That was his dying wish that his son would be a man. That's how serious he took masculinity. The yeah. people of the Bible, God's people, know how important it is. I just think today we're starting to forget that.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I'm I'm really glad that that you brought that up, that example of of King David telling his son, because I've I've been infatuated with with like ancient warriors and warrior cultures for the last yeah. few months, and and in particular Crazy Horse, which I know. He's not a Christian, or wasn't a Christian. I mean, he might have, uh, but I'm not sure. <laughs> but well, um, on. I've I've been studying with him. Uh, I've been studying him very closely lately, and his his name Crazy Horse wasn't actually given to him until his uh, his second moment of battle, when hold on, son. Oh, you found it. Yeah, my son found his little Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is working now. Of course it that's what you got to look forward to. <laughs> can't
0: I can't wait. I want a house full, brother. I want a house
1: full. Man, we got four. It is a house full. Let me tell you. There you but go. Praise yeah. You yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Crazy Horse actually didn't get his, his name Crazy Horse until after his second battle when he uh when he showed uh great courage and lots of honor and uh honored the family name, so on and so forth. So his uh his name growing up to that point was light hair. Cause he had really fair hair compared to everybody else. And he would get mm. teased about it and so on and so forth. But his dad's name was crazy horse. And his father's name was crazy horse. It was a name passed on from generation to we generation. To earn it, huh? He earned it. Yeah. And, and he actually got wounded in this battle. And he was in, he was in his tent or his uh, his teepee, whatever you call it. And he was recovering and he woke up and he stepped outside to see the whole village right there, ready to greet him and celebrate him for, for the victory, because he's the one who kind mm-hmm. of really turned the tide of the battle. And at the forefront was his father, Crazy Horse. And he presented to, to everyone. I can't remember his exact words, but it was something along the lines of this is my son. I'm now naming him Crazy Horse. And it's a name that I'm passing on to him for me that I got from my father and he got from his father and blah, blah, blah from generations. Wow. And, and that gave me chills as I read that. And I was like, man, like how amazing for a father to give his son something so powerful as, as a name like that, you know, and absolutely. And that's legacy. You know, I don't think crazy horse had any children, but um, that's a big that's a big reason why i started this podcast Now i call it the crown of legacy for a reason because what are we really passing on to our kids that isn't materialistic stuff you know
0: absolutely Uh, in the book of uh, proverbs i don't Mm -hmm. remember exactly where but in in proverbs it it says Mm -hmm. that a good man will leave an inheritance for his Mm -hmm. children and many times we associate that with money or land or a house and there's nothing wrong with that but we often overlook the things that you just said that something that we can leave for our children as an inheritance is a good name. A yeah. good name will goes a long way. And it, it reminded me
1: exactly of what your story you just shared. So. Yeah. And and values, man, and the way that we carry ourselves and, and uh, the way that we live, you know, how we identify as a masculine man. And when we're 10 or 12 years old and you know, who's, uh, who's the one that we look to or should be looking to, to really find out what it's like to be a man. It should be father, father you know, father, and, absolutely. And so many of us, aren't getting
0: that you know well the biggest problem with that and i'm not gonna blame the world i'm gonna blame us for this one is uh, a lot of times they they don't look to their fathers anymore they look to their peers they look to the slightly older boys in Mm -hmm. school or or what in the social public life oftentimes they look towards them why that is i'm not exactly sure but perhaps it's because today maybe fathers are too busy maybe they're too busy on their phones or they're trying to work. Uh, they're too busy trying to make a living. They forgot yeah. to make a life. Maybe. I, I think there's a list of factors that play into that. Yeah. Um, but even people who have decent fathers, um, a lot of times they're looking towards their peers. The, the influence of the world is so loud right now. It, yeah. I think it's, I think we have more influence from the world than any other generation because of social media and the internet and so many other outlets like that. I think fathers yeah. got to work double time I'm not saying you can't let your kids go outside. Okay. I'm not that, yeah. that you don't have to live under a rock, but I yeah. do think fathers need to work double time to implement masculine roles into their, into their sons. Yeah. And I'll, I'll share one more thing real quick.
1: Yeah, when sure. growing up,
0: I live in the country and I, I lived in the country my whole life. And that's something me and the other boys would talk about. We, you could not in a judgmental way, but you could always tell who, who was, who worked as a child and who didn't. And I'm not saying you got to force your kids into labor. That's not not what I'm saying. But when you live in the country, there's a lot of farm labor. You cut hay, you work animals, you fix a fence, you learn to change your oil, things like that. You learn to do things yourself. And a lot of times you could tell who was like that and who wasn't, just by the way they carried themselves, the way they talked, the way they acted. And we don't mean it judgmentally, but Mm -hmm. you can tell who'd spent time in the presence of masculine men learning things and who didn't. Yeah. And so, uh, I think a lot of the world didn't. (laughs) That's what I'm getting.
1: Yeah, and and what's uh what's crazy, man, is I really think that women are really yearning for masculine men. They might not admit that. They might not say that. They might not even know that. Yeah, they don't. A
0: lot of times, (laughs) honestly, it's a subconscious thing. If a man walks in, he's cool. He's confident. Mm He serves something bigger than himself. He's got his head on straight. He's got his priorities straight. Women flock to that
1: guy amen yeah they do they just do yeah amen and don't even really know that that's what real masculinity looks like you know a man standing for something a man really grounded in something a man that i mean one one thing that, that i found really really funny now that, that i'm much older is you know there'd be any views with women like what's the what's the most attractive thing in a man like nine times out of 10 it i'd be confidence you know and yeah that's absolutely. Like, what does that look like you know this is i mean you know you're you go in there and you have some catch line at a bar or whatever. But <laughs> no, man. It, it means that, that you're, you're okay. Being a masculine man, you know, you're not out there. Puffing you're your okay with up. the outcome, no matter what. Yep. Yeah. And you're standing ground. Time. You have values. You, you don't put up with things that aren't in alignment with, with who you truly are. And that's how you live, you know, and that's it's magnetic, cold. you know, that that's magnetic for, for the feminine dynamic, you know,
0: that's another thing we see Mm. with the, with feminism, we see a lot of the strong independent woman. Uh, and I'm, there's a lot of things that can be said about that, but I think another reason that that has grown so much is because there is a lack of masculine men. If there's not a man worthy of submission, well then you can't expect that woman to submit to him, right? If she is literally stronger than him, uh, mentally or physically or, or morally, she's not going to submit to a weaker man. And so, uh, if men were men and were masculine and fulfilled the the role that God has called us to do, I think we would see a lot more submission in women and a lot more of, uh, you know, the following and, and the growing infamity and things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really glad that, that you mentioned that, man, because now more than ever, women are super independent. You know, yep. they they don't need men to be providers and protectors as much as like our dads and, and their right. dads did. You know, I mean, women are graduating at much higher rates uh, in college than men are. It's it's like a huge gap. Um, they can have their own careers. Obviously they can purchase their own houses. I yep. mean, um, I mean, heck, even if they find like a weird lab somewhere, they can even have their own families without, you know, a partner. Yeah, exactly. So it, that just tells me that, masculinity is needed even more because they just checked off the list of things that men used to provide and they don't really need us for that anymore but we're still stuck in that mindset so many of us are still stuck in provider mode like i need to provide i need to provide i need to provide well are you providing them the the masculine aspect most men aren't you know and women are really really needing that again they probably don't even know that But I I see that so much, you know. I I see the the yearning for for masculinity from women, um, from their men, and and the men are still stuck in. I I just need to provide, like that's what that's what a man does. That's what a man does. You gotta make that dollar. Gotta make that dollar. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: something else I would add to that for any young men who are listening, if you can tell, I'm obviously pretty young myself. I'm just now getting married. Me and my wife, I'm sitting outside. We just built this little cottage out here in the country. We've been very blessed. Um, But something I want to tell the young men, because this is another problem that we see growing and growing and growing, is if you're still, if your life revolves around video games and porn, you're not ready. I don't even think you're ready to date. I don't think you're ready to even meet a girl right now.
1: That's just my opinion. (laughs)
0: because i because if you're you're consumed by games pleasure and sexual release pleasure i mean your life revolves around pleasure you're not ready to be masculine you're not you're not where you need to be and that's yeah. a hard pill to swallow because i just described probably 75 percent of teenage boys <laughs> you know what i'm saying
1: yeah so uh, i think there's a lot of growth that needs to happen there a lot of self-discipline yeah man and if guys like us don't uh don't say anything they'll Mm. probably never hear it and if they do it'll most likely be when they're eyeball deep in uh, a relationship that's just kind of going haywire you know Yeah, a lot of problems
0: can be avoided if you just simply follow what god tells us to do god doesn't give us these rules to hold us back or to put us down or to keep us from having fun he gives us these rules to have a more fulfilled life it's for our betterment it's gonna work out better
1: yeah no, I agree, man. I agree. And I battled with that too. You know, like, is this going to be fun? And it's not really all about fun. Uh, it's fulfillment. You know, it's coming alive, I man. When you're alive with God and you're living in the purpose that, that he set before you and and you're identifying in what he created you to be, it's really untouchable, man. There's, there's yeah, like really you n- nothing it. else you I'd rather be.
0: You're, you're on another level. I mean, not not like you're better than anybody else, but you're just, it's like you're... I don't know how to explain it. You're just in another realm almost. Yeah. I
1: I like to describe it as like aliveness because most of us are like in this weird zombie mode where we're not really dead or not really alive. We're just kind of going through the motions day in and day out and just passing time, passing time until it's, it's time to go back in the dirt. You know, none of us are really alive and living and creating a fulfilling life, you know?
0: And so many people don't see it, man. So many people don't see it. Like, I, I have a neighbor. It's the first time in my life I've ever had a neighbor because I live
1: out
0: He's like 800 feet away wow. across the road. And he's a couple years younger than me. And we talk about this all the time, not in a judgmental sense, but how many people we knew who are still maybe living at home with their parents, maybe their life, they got two or three kids that they don't raise. Uh, their life revolves around a substance, whether alcohol or drugs, and that's like not a small minority; it's like a majority. Thanks. And uh, and uh, it's like they don't know. It's like somebody needs to go in there and wake them up, exactly, yeah. and be brought to life. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ does for us when it says yeah, He says He gives us life. That's what that's exactly what you're talking about right there. So he mm-hmm. wakes us up. He gives us everlasting life. We begin to see things in a new light. We look at the world differently because of the light that's in us.
1: Yeah, Amen, man, Amen. One thing that that you mentioned when you were growing up, and you can tell, like who who were the boys that that weren't really around masculine men and learning, a lot of that comes from your family, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. What are some like some things that you, that you learned growing up, or some some values that you got from from your so, family upbringing, your background? So I was
0: so blessed because um I have a lot of family out here. I, I had my dad. Uh, he has two brothers. So I had two uncles and he's got like three or four cousins that are roughly his age. They were like uncle figures to me. I had my grandfather. I had uh, his brother. I had a lot of men and we all worked together for a family business. So Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time working with the men from a very, very young age. And so I could tell you a lot of the, like the normal things I learned, how to change a tire, how to cut a tree, how to fix a fence, you know, a lot of practical knowledge, things that were really great, which should not be overlooked, but I learned a lot bigger lessons than that. Um, For example, dedication is more important than motivation. Mm -hmm. Just because you don't feel like doing something doesn't mean you you shouldn't do it. You need to do it because it needs done. There were times when I was a teenager, I was working till two or three in the morning trying to ensure that this job would get done so that we would be able to, you know, carry on our life. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it was like my father's like, all right, boy, you're going to I'm going to make you work hard just to, to punish you. He was yeah. teaching me lessons that I wasn't realizing I was learning at the time. Uh, dedication. Motivation is a false God. Dedication is manhood is what yeah. I would say. That's probably one of the biggest lessons was is dedication and consistency in the work that we do. Um, I'm gonna put this.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's all the time cutting in. (laughs) Um,
0: And there's there was a lot of a lot of things like that. Uh, Giving, giving is one of the most important things that you can do when you see someone in need. My parents, at one point. My my father is a wealthy man now. He worked very hard his whole life and he he's finally got some money stuck back and he's a very wealthy man. Yeah. Uh, for most of my childhood, he was not. Yeah. And at one point, um, I don't remember how much they had in the bank, but it wasn't very much. Our neighbor, a single mom, of four kids, her car broke down. Mm-hmm. They emptied their bank account to ensure that she had a new car. Wow. Just so she could take care of her kids, single mom, four kids, you know? And, uh, I tell you what, once you give like that, it always comes back. The money always comes. It's not about money. It's about the tools that God gives us. Uh, they were very giving people. That's another lesson I learned from a young age. Was always give. You see someone in need, you give.
1: That's good, man. Uh, oh. that, that's I, mean, good I, could, I
0: could go on all night about, about things like that, but I think those are probably two of the biggest ones.
1: Consistency,
0: dedication, and giving.
1: Yeah. And and I'm really glad that you mentioned lessons because that's, that's something that I'd really challenge my, uh my, my, my fathers who are are, uh, my clients who are fathers and even stepfathers who are, who are, uh, who are big on rules. You know, they like to rule with an iron fist with their kids. (laughs) I'm like, okay, rules are good. You know, obviously they're needed, you know, you need to have a little bit of structure, but if that's all that the kid is seeing, without the relationship, what are you actually creating? You know, what kind of kid are you creating? Shift away from the rules and start implementing lessons. Yes. What are lessons that you want to teach them? That way, whenever they do have really good moments, you can give them, um, you can give them recognition for their achievements, you know, because if you follow rules, you, you don't really get an achievement for that you're just staying out of trouble <laughs> yeah. and no one gets a gold star for following the rules you know Or, or if you follow rules and
0: don't know why yeah that, that's that's where that's where my argument would be is is yeah. if you don't understand why now granted as a small child you're gonna have to follow rules because dad says so don't get me wrong but sure. as you yeah. grow in time that it's good to understand why do we go to bed on time why do we get up early why do we uh, you know, why do we have to do this job? Why do we have to help the neighbor? Why do we have to do that? It, it's good to understand why. And that's something I really appreciated about my father was exactly. he had this. He kind of had this philosophy. If you were old enough to ask the question, you were old enough to get the answer. And so that's the main thing he told me because he knew if he didn't tell me, somebody else would. Yeah. And who do you want telling your children, the world or you? Exactly. So. So I learned a lot of things, probably a little younger than than some of the other kids, because I asked him, and he yeah. always told me, and he never gave me a little kid watered down answer. He just told me the the most blunt, straightforward answer you could ask could, could give, and he always did that. I I really appreciated that.
1: Wow, man! Yeah, you're lucky.
0: <laughs> I was, I man. I was so blessed. And I'll tell you one more thing: was um, when I was a kid, my dad took me everywhere.
1: Yeah.
0: And it wasn't just uh, just to spend the day with your son kind of thing. It it was to show me um, how to talk to people, how to engage with people. Like I said, he had his own business. So when he went to do business, he took me with him. He's like, this is how you talk to people. This is how you interact. This is how you show respect. Things like that. And so many people don't have that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly the stuff that I'm talking about. You know, things that you show your son that eventually is going to be passed down how you carry yourself, you know, how you talk to people, the lessons, you know, we can yeah. have rules and, but the, the wise behind it are the lessons. And that's really why we have the rules in the first place. But if we just shift away from those and focus on what, what lessons do I want to teach my kids so that they can have their own fulfilling life when that time comes, it's so much better to do it that way. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. So much better to do it that way. And it's the same in the Bible too. You know, people think that it's a book of rules it's a book of lessons man. and, and it, it, in my opinion, it really boils down to um, you're either going to destroy yourself or, or yeah, or others, or you can walk with God and have a fulfilling life. Absolutely. All the lessons I think boil down to that, you know Well I
0: mean, even Jesus Christ, He said, all the law and prophets rest on one commandment, love your Lord your God with all your heart, heart mind, soul and strength. Yeah. and love your neighbor as yourself if you look at any commandment from the new testament it is an example of how to show love to god or love to other people yeah and uh, so that's what that's about yeah
1: and when go. when he uh narrowed it down to, to just those two it really blankets everything else you know everything else just falls into place absolutely you know and and that's a part of masculinity, loving God and and, uh, and loving your neighbors as you love yourself. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And, and then there's also this. I, I try not to get too political, but in the world that we live in, it, it's almost nobody can go more than five minutes without bringing up. <laughs> but,
1: yeah.
0: but going back with the LGBT and, and some of the liberal things that we're seeing, um, that's not the only fight against masculinity. There's this other idea of macho man, you know. Drinking a beer, uh, getting all the chicks, getting the fastest car—all these things like that—that's not that doesn't make you a man either. That's that's yeah. not masculinity. That's right. a life centered around pleasure and mm-hmm. selfishness. And that's the that's probably the greatest lesson I ever learned from my father and from the other men was a life lived for self is a life wasted. Yeah, a life in dedication to something bigger than yourself, being God and to the, your family. A life lived for others is a life fulfilled.
1: Yeah, and that's what a real man does. Absolutely, he brothers. Yeah, when you serve something bigger than yourself, you have uh, you have a constant. You know, you have an an absolute that you can always defer to. But if you're just living to yourself, it's a losing battle. You know, you're you're eventually gonna fall flat on your face. Yep. You know, absolutely. And, and, you know, whether you're a rich CEO with billions of dollars or if you're a homeless man in the corner, we all end up going to the same dirt at the end of the day. Absolutely.
0: Every, yeah. every item that you own one day will be gone. Every title that you have, like you said, CEO or homeless man, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you're an athlete, maybe you're a star athlete, maybe you're the president of the United States. One day that title will be ripped from you. One day you no longer will be president. No You will no longer be an athlete. Everything that you have one day will be gone. Yeah. All things of this world are temporal. I encourage you to put your faith in the things that are eternal. And that's God, his word and his people.
1: Yeah, that's the. Number one equalizer. We all go into the dirt eventually. Absolutely. Yeah. So speaking of, you know, politics, if you even want to call it that, but what are some some conversations that, that you've had with with people who, who think differently? Like, we'll, we'll call them uh, opposing thinkers, if you will. Have so, you had any luck?
0: Yeah, some. Uh, several years ago, it used to almost always be economic questions for some reason. It was always about taxation. Well, should we help? Well, these people are poor; they need help, or maybe these people don't need help and they're lazy. And we would—it was mostly economic questions. But since I would say middle of Trump to now, so 2018 to now, it's almost been all social problems, whether it be Mm -hmm. racism, uh, you know, homosexuality, Kyle Rittenhouse—I mean, you name it—thing, things like that—is where a lot of the political side of things come from. And I try to look at everything from a biblical perspective. Not everybody who has a, the name Republican next to their name is, is a Christian. I don't believe that at all. Amen. I don't think they're always looking out for Christian values. Yeah. So I like to look at things from a biblical perspective. So a lot of times if somebody does come with a, a political question or argument, I always come from the Christian perspective. And granted, typically a liberal, not always the most devout Christian either. So they don't really care. Yeah. Um, so you, you kind of have to take a different approach and just mm-hmm. say, well, I've explained this many times. If given an option to vote, one goes with what God says and one goes against it. I have to go with what God says. Yeah. Well, then they say, well, I don't I, you can't make me follow your religion. I say, I know that, but you can't make me stop following mine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And That's where our disconnect is, is in a lot of cases. Is that right there? And to be honest, a lot of people are becoming more and more um, adverse to God and his word. Uh, Since the turning of Roe v. Wade, we've seen a lot of people openly uh, persecute Christians. Churches are being burned uh, simply because of that. And uh, I've had good, good things and bad things. Oh, uh, one time during June. Pride Month. I had mm-hmm. shared something against homosexuality and with the Bible verse and all that. And I had probably 50 messages in my inbox that day of people wanting to argue and fight. And two people, they wanted to talk. Mm-hmm. They said, okay, what do I do now? How do I stop being gay? What do I do now? What does your God want me to do? And they were mm-hmm. being serious. And they became yeah. two really close friends of mine. One one converted. Wow. Uh, not Not because of me, but I like to think that probably was a step in the right direction and he became a Christian. Now I haven't talked with him in months. Mm-hmm. And then another guy, he was still, um, he's still battling with homosexuality mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, we became pretty good friends as much as you can be messaging on, on social media and things like that. And I would send him verses and we talked about everyday life, things like that. Yes. Um, I don't believe that he was fully converted. He believed in God. He was very conservative in a lot of areas. It's just the homosexuality thing is a is big hurdle for him. Yeah. And so sometimes you just got to be bold and throw the word out there. Yeah. You're going to get a lot of hate. Yeah. You're going to get a lot of backlash, um, but, but we're here to reach the people. That's what we're here to do.
1: Yeah, man. And when you bring up social issues like that, I think men really have to step up big time for that too. Um, especially with um, Roe versus Wade. And I know that that there was a lot of hatred towards men after that, especially with, uh. The Supreme Court justices, most of them being men, but if you look at the original one, then that one was established by men as well. So the argument isn't there, but exactly. I, I remember seeing a post um, from, from one of my friends on, uh, on I can't remember which social media, but it, it was a woman and she posted that if men are allowed to uh, to choose not to be uh, fathers for, for their kids, then women uh, should have that same right as well and i wanted so badly to go in hard on the comments but i'm thinking to myself well your first resta- your first mistake is calling that man a man because no man ever has sex with the woman gets her pregnant and then just leaves the kid i, I was about to bring that up <laughs> I, exactly that's what's been rolling in my mind right now Yeah. yeah and that's what I wanted to say, but I was like, you know what? I know I'm going to put that and I know I'm going to get a million messages and it's going to be, you know, a big waste of my time. But, um, that's, what's wrong right there is why would you even call that individual a man? He's not a man. You might be a boy in a man's body, but it's not a man, you know? And, um, and you can boil it down to how, how was that, uh, man's relationship with his father or that woman's relationship with their father and so on and so forth, you know, and yeah. And pivoting a little bit. I remember, uh, I remember seeing another, um, a, a video of a comedian um, criticizing Christians and Republicans for saying that we just care about, um, we just care about infants being born. After that, we don't care about them. And again, I'm like, Well, it should be the father that cares about that baby being born to take care of it. It should be the mother caring about that baby to be born.
0: And in opposition to that argument right there, do you know how many pro-life agencies there are in the country that are Christian based that support the child after it's born? Adoption agencies, child Mm -hmm. homes, orphanages, all these. There are literally hundreds of thousands of Christian based organizations that are trying to fight against that. that. You know how they're funded? Through yeah. churches, through mm-hmm. the giving of people, through Christian yeah. people. So yeah. that's that's not even an argument. Yeah, we could do a better job. Don't get me wrong. But it's not like the church has just been sitting on our hands and not doing anything about that problem. We've been fighting yeah. that problem long before Roe v. Wade was even uh, brought in the first place. Um, so Christians have always been uh, proponents for fatherless children. In fact, that's a commandment of the Bible yeah. is to take care of the orphans and things like yeah. that. In fact, many of these places were burned right
1: mm-hmm. after Roe v. Wade was overturned. I know. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. It, it, it really is tragic, man, how uh, how things are playing out. But yeah, the the, the, the arguments that, that are being kind of vomited out um, are, are very groundless and it almost makes me chuckle a little bit because the, the very first few sentences are already... Uh, I have no grounds, you know, first, first one that that man is not a man who, you know, you claim that it's okay for him to have kids and then just bolt. And then the second one is that we don't, we don't care about the baby after it's born. It's like, well, that's the man's job to ensure that that baby is taken care of. It's the mother's job. It's the man's job to protect that baby and that mother. Again, the absence of masculine men, a huge component of these problems you know absolutely and um i don't think there's enough of what you know of what you and i are doing you know like really uh joining together and really standing up and and trying to um make this known without being banned (laughs) exactly (laughs) because we're really trying to save families we're trying to save fathers we're, we're trying to save generations you know we're not trying to get people to think a certain way or any of that stuff we just love families we love uh, healthy masculinity we love healthy femininity and um, it all starts with us you know the guys in the trenches
0: well that's another thing in in the book of isaiah chapter three it talks about when god punishes a nation he takes away their men uh, he takes away the man of war, the soldier, their chiefs, their their leaders their politicians, all these masculine roles. He takes them away. It's a punishment towards a people. And so I've often wondered if that's what we're facing right now. I'm not going to say for sure that it is or that it's not because I don't know that. But I think it's very interesting that we see a lot of parallels to that. We see a lot of masculine roles not being fulfilled. Uh, there's just like, where are the men? Where are they? And it's just really not happening so i've i've often wondered is is this is god i believe at the very least god is trying to shake us up and get our attention he wants our attention for sure yeah uh, so yeah isaiah chapter 3 talks a lot about that and it says women and children rule over the men uh it says their women uh, their soldiers are like women amongst men uh and that's not to say that women are just you know (laughs) like weaklings or anything like that but you put one woman against 10 grown men who's going to win that fight yeah so Mm -hmm. um that's the illustration that the scriptures give and i think we see a lot of that right now we see a lot of uh, again just men just not fulfilling the role and like what you said with abortion Mm -hmm. uh if men would simply be men we wouldn't have the problems that we have imagine if men waited till marriage
1: Mm
0: -hmm. would abortion be a problem then
1: yeah
0: you know, yeah, Men just need to step up to the plate and be what God has called us to be. Amen. Man.
1: Amen. And I know there's there's many masculine men out there and we need to bend together. And uh, and I think that's another thing, too, is I, I know there's a lot out there, but they're silent, you know, and yeah. I think platforms like this could could really help it be like a beacon, be like a calling, like help out in whatever way that you can, man.
0: Yeah, another thing is is we really don't have a lot of brotherhood in this. Uh, I mean, some yeah. places do, but a lot mm-hmm. of it doesn't. I mean, most churches, they have what's called a women's ministry where the women get together and they have their Bible study and, and these things like that. But you don't really see a lot of men's ministry unless it's like for addictions or things like that. Yeah. Um, i think a part of that is because men are too busy going to work every day or they're trying to you know keep everything together and they're putting it all on their own shoulders we forget that we bear one another's burdens iron sharpens iron Uh, we do need each other we do need that community we do need to be together um, for that purpose
1: yeah yeah amen man yeah amen all right man one last question brother if there's any any men out there who are really struggling with, with this concept of, of really living in their masculinity or stepping in their masculinity. Um, if they have, if they had a past life where they didn't really have a, a good man or a good father to help guide them, like what, what is, what's some, some guidance that that you can give them or, or like a first couple of steps going forward?
0: Oh man, there's a, there's a lot of thing. And I don't want to sound cliche, <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, but number one is, is read the scriptures. Get, if you don't have a masculine role model in your life, I want you to get to know the men of the Bible because these are some of the most masculine men you could ever meet. And kind of going back to what I said, just being a big burly dude who gets all the chicks and things like that. Doesn't make you a man. The best example of that would be Samson. Samson yeah. was the strongest man around. He had women for miles. He had long hair. You know, he was a, he was a cool guy but women was his downfall.
1: Yeah.
0: And, um, so my biggest encouragement in that would be to get to know the men of the Bible. They're their faults that led to their downfall, their strengths that led to their, their, to their success. Yeah. Um, get plugged into a church, talk mm-hmm. to a pastor, um, talk to the men at church. Uh, number one thing I would encourage you not to do is get in to a crowd of older boys. Um, Because they might not lead you down the right path. Don't go to the first group that accepts you because that might not be the place you need to be. Uh, Self-discipline is probably one of the first areas you need to work on. Mm -hmm. Put the video game controller down for a day. Even if you've got nothing else to do, put the video game controller down, go outside, Rake, rake the yard, pick up sticks, Go get groceries for the old lady down the road. Anything else. Just put that down for a minute. Put down porn forever. <laughs> okay. yeah. um, grow in self-discipline. When you feel an urge, fight it. Mm. And that's going to go a long way. Yeah. That right there. So try to, try to find positive role models. And if you can, look through the scriptures because there is positive role models in the scriptures. Get to know these people. And if you read them enough that they'll become real to you. Yeah. And then self-discipline, become self-disciplined.
1: Amen, man. Beautiful message, man. I love it. Uh, I, I love looking for the looking to the Bible and getting to know the men in there. That's good. That's something that I never even thought of. So I'm gonna hijack that. get <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, run with it. Awesome, brother. Well, I don't have anything else for you, man. Uh, if you're okay with it, we can get prayed up and I'll let you go to your wife. I have one she, question for you it? if you don't mind. Of
0: course, man. Yeah. It. How, how would you answer that question right there? Advice to young men who might not have a
1: role model. I, w- I want to I hear some more about that from you real quick. Yeah, so I didn't uh, have my <laughs> biological father uh, most of my childhood, and uh, and I was raised by my mom, and my stepdad, and my stepdad was a good man. You know, he was a military man. Um, right. Taught taught me a lot of things indirectly that you know I still carry with with myself today. You know how to how to present yourself. You know, be at work on time. Uh, right. and how to Be a good leader, so on and so forth. But but we never had those those good heart to heart father son conversations that I was really really yearning for. You know, and um, one thing that I really struggled with as a young man and and even going into early adulthood was my sense of identity. You know, I identified with so many different things that got me absolutely nowhere. And you, you hit the nail on the head, you know, don't go with just any group that accepts you. Because that's what I would do. I would go from this group to this group to this group just to feel comfortable being a part of something. Even though deep down I I knew that that wasn't who I truly was, I didn't really care because I wanted to be a a part of something, you know. So I really encourage um, men of all ages, you know, even even young men, young boys, as early as 10 years old, what is it that you want to stand for as a man? What are two Mm. or three things that you can have with Mm. you? Mm everywhere. You know, it doesn't matter if you're on the moon, it doesn't matter if you're in, in Antarctica or if you're in uh, America, it doesn't matter. Uh, have something that you stand for. I think masculinity is, is really, really grounded in those. And everyone's different. You know, everyone comes from different walks of life. I don't expect anyone's to be exactly the same. That took me a while to really find out what mine was. And just for example, in you know, my number one is truth. I'm always going to stand for truth. Yeah. I, lived, I lived a lie for so many years and I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. So. Truth is directly related to God, so I'm going to stand for truth. I'm going to stand for perseverance um, because, I mean, let's face it, life is suffering, you know. I get that some suffer more than others. I understand that, but there's not really a whole lot we can do about that, you know. But I do think as men, we have a choice to uh, persevere through that or to run and hide or numb it or distract ourselves from it. You know, so I'm going to stand for truth and to stand for perseverance. And the last one is my godly purpose. You know, if I feel like on a daily basis, I am living for him, that if at any moment I'm going to go at this second, then he'll be able to tell me, you know, good job. You live for me. You're living in your purpose. You're going to be remembered as someone who walked for me. You're going to be known for someone who at least tried. To establish the kingdom, you know, or, or tried to further the kingdom, and I know that's kind of a big umbrella, but I like it that way because it's kind of a jack of all trades. You know, if I feel yeah. like I'm I'm living in my purpose, then um uh, then I'm in touch with my masculine, you know, and if you figure out what yours are, you don't even have to tell anybody. It yeah, could be absolutely. it could be just between you and God, you know, and if. And if you're a kid, I encourage you to write down whatever that you want. You know, if you're uh, a teenager, really, really get into it, man, because adulthood's right around the corner. If you're a young man, start now, you know, because you yes. don't want to be almost 30 years old, barely figuring out what so, you stand yeah. for as a man.
0: So many people waste 18 to 25. They just waste those years. Those are some really valuable years, and they just waste it. Yeah. Don't, don't waste those years. Don't waste those yeah, Ew. man, and I and I Ew. talked to
1: uh, yeah, I talked to many men, you know, grown men. and I'm 34. There's there's men older than me, you know, in the 40s, 50s, some 60s and older, where I asked them that same question: that like, what do you what do you stand for as a man? Blank. They don't nothing. know. They don't yeah. know. And I think that's a big problem, you know. So the sooner right. that you start, um, if you if you have a great father, awesome, because he's probably going to teach you those things. If you don't, and you know, start looking to God, you know, start looking from within, or start. um, seeking uh, a good male role model and just kind of observe like what you think that he stands for you know? and it can, and it can change, you know, like you, we're, we're things free develop, to change things. things. Yeah. 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 Like I said, it took me a while to come up with my three and I'm pretty solid with those. I think they're not going to change, but that's um, really good. Yeah. It re- really, it re- really helps me filter out people Coming into my life, you know, opportunities that get presented uh, before me, you know, if they're not really grounded in those three, I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm okay. You know, for somebody I feel like doesn't align with those, like, nah, you know, I'll text you later kind of thing, but I won't. Yeah, not, not,
0: <laughs> man, not my kind of thing. Yeah.
1: So yeah. I want to add one quick thing, like 10 seconds
0: and then we'll close out. Yes, sir. Brother. Something you said reminded me of that is uh, if you didn't come from a good family, mm-hmm. make sure a good family comes from you. Uh, the word That's love literally means agape literally means Mm. to put someone above yourself. So if I were to love you, I would put your needs and desires above that of my own. Mm. So that's what a man is. A man loves when he loves his family. He puts the cares and needs of his family above his own. He serves something bigger than himself. When he loves God, he puts the things of God above the things of himself. And uh, that's probably the the biggest example of manhood I can think of is in service to something other than self.
1: That's love. Amen, brother. That's gold right there. That's absolute gold. Awesome, brother. If you don't mind, man, we can get prayed up real quick and then I'll let you have at it, man. I apologize. My hair is all crazy. (laughs) I'm I'm right there with you, brother. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Father God, thank you so much for, for putting Ray's path in front of mine and for us connecting, Lord. You know that the enemy is out there with the world and he has so many... So many men, whether they're their kingdom men or whether they're secular men, Father, so many of us are suffering from a lack of masculinity, from a lack of your godly purpose. And Lord, I pray for, for Ray and his wife and that you give them abundance with, with your your godly values, Father, and I pray for him and his family that you give them children and that the values that he had, that he has in his heart for you, Father, that he's able to pass it on to his children for generations to come. And Father, I pray that all the people that cross His path, Lord, that that He is able to help them for Your heavenly kingdom, Lord. And I pray for all men uh, across the planet who are, are suffering from this, Father, that if they're hearing this, that this could be a way for them to start turning to You, Lord, to really figure out what it's like to be a godly, created, masculine man, Father, and for us to really start changing the the, the tide of how, how our culture is, Lord. You know, the enemy is out there trying to separate men from families. He's trying to distract us. He's trying to control us, Lord. And I pray that that you bring us back to you, Lord. You bring us back to you in your narrow path so that we can create legacy, so that we can create generations of good grounded men and godly feminine women who will serve you, Lord. It's for your beautiful and mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Ray, it's thank you praying, so much, brother. brother. This was awesome. I'd love to do it again, man. I'll keep in touch with you. And uh, Absolutely. yeah. Anytime
0: you need me, brother. Just hit yeah. me
1: up. Sorry about all the
0: technical difficulties we had, but, but I'm glad we, we got we,
1: we know who's behind all that so no worries man we made it Absolutely. work. <laughs> I can't can't wait to see what God has in store for you brother but I'll be in touch with you for sure. All right. God bless. Thank you again. Absolutely man. God bless you. We'll see you. Thank you all so much for listening in few things before you get out of here if you're a christian man burning for purpose and legacy in christ there are plenty of ways to get a hold of me you can shoot me a message on instagram at stacy gonzalez underscore crown legacy or facebook at forward slash sm gonzalez 88 or you can reach me by email at support at stacy If you're a fellow coach or counselor and you're trying to find a platform to extend your reach kajabi is the only way to go they've helped me develop my coaching packages they've helped me construct my online courses marketing they even helped me launch this podcast you name it they've helped me with my business which helps my family which helps my legacy in christ so don't settle for anything less if you're looking for some new jesus gear To help spread the gospel, build the kingdom, start up conversations, or if you just want to show your love for Christ, hit up versedinc.com, that's versedinc.com, great stuff on there, they have streetwear, tees, hats, hoodies, jewelry, all kinds of cool stuff, and use my discount code CROWNEDLEGACY, all one word, all caps, for 15% off, I rock their stuff on the show all the time, it's awesome. As always, I'm incredibly humbled and gracious to be here, God bless, Godspeed, and take back your crown.